0: Hi guys, welcome back to episode four of Casual Watch Talk. This is my podcast that's linked to my YouTube channel, The Casual Watch Reviewer. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We've covered a number of subjects so far on the channel. Today, I am kindly joined by another watch YouTuber called Miguel from SoCal Watch Reviews. What we thought we'd do in this episode is talk about what it's like to be a YouTube watch reviewer. What are the the pros? What are the cons? How difficult is it to start? So if you're thinking about setting up your own channel, then this will give you a nice little introduction. But spoiler alert, there is no secrets to how to build a successful watch YouTube. We're kind of learning as we go along. So I just want to say big thanks to uh, Miguel. Thanks for joining me
1: today. (laughs) sam again thank you so much for inviting me i had a lot of fun collaborating with you on the last video when we reviewed the uh not reviewed but talked about the pros and cons about the omega Speedmaster reduce and uh, yeah thanks for inviting me i'm very excited and i really want people to uh get an insight uh as to what it's like to create have a youtube channel and create a youtube channel and the expectations yeah
0: that was quite a good um collab we did because I think I think that got a lot of views. Well, a lot of views for my channel. It's I think it's probably nearer ten thousand views now. But I think that was good because we kind of posed a question, didn't we? We gave like the pros and cons for what the Speedmaster reduced. Is it a good watch to buy? I think those type of videos where you're you're less kind of giving your opinion, you're more kind of offering it back to the the viewers. I think works quite well.
1: I I agree. Um, for the most part, the videos that do well for me is typically when I give my opinion on a certain topic, uh, not so much an actual review of a watch. And it's funny because a lot of times I spend far more time invested in reviewing a watch because you need to get the right shots, you need to do your homework. Uh, and at the end of the day, something that I could just talk about I could just jump on the on the computer and uh talk about just my opinion on something and it's it's really just coming off the top of my head off the cuff and it could do very well so interesting yeah let's let's talk a bit about
0: right from sort of stage one of how how you would get started so my channel at the moment is i'm coming up to seven and a half thousand subscribers. I've got probably about a hundred and seventy uploads, which sounds a lot, but in comparison to a lot of other watch reviewers that are bigger than me, that's actually quite a low number. I know certainly TGV of the Urban Gentry is probably at over seven hundred. Imagine Teddy Balbazar's in you know the two two to three hundred category. Um, it really is about quantity and quality. But going from kind of stage one i would really say youtube is probably the only real avenue if you're trying to build an audience through video content is that kind of what you found as well
1: um yes and uh now that you mentioned your subscribers i'll mention mine and it's uh it's very low i've only been doing this youtube thing for a few months i want to say five months and I only have 174 subscribers. So uh, with that said, uh, the, the reality is that this YouTube thing doesn't really come easy. You just need to put work. And I got about 20 uploads, I believe. And it's just all different things, but all watch related. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out the algorithm and how these guys could generate so many views
0: when you look at the views on your video or you look at your subscribers, if you see like, you know, I, I just recently did a video um, that I thought was going to do quite well. And we'll, we'll kind of talk about that as we go on, but it had 600 views. And I was thinking, oh, I thought it was going to do a bit better than 600 views. But if you think if I had to stand in front of 600 people you'd be amazed wouldn't you be like wow 600 people all came (laughs) to see me talk about a watch so i suppose it's interesting i think sometimes to put it in that perspective as well
1: uh yeah and and with that let me kind of segue into maybe the more basic thing and that's um the reality versus the expectations and what i mean is When I started this whole YouTube thing, to be honest with you, the the main reason I started it is because I needed an outlet. I don't have anybody in my inner circle that's really interested in watches. And my wife was to the point where I just drove her nuts, right, she was just like, you know what, you and your watches, just stop it already. Like, I don't care about them. I'm glad that that's a passion for you. But just, I don't know, just stop talking about them or something, so I thought to myself, okay, well, what can I do? Uh, To share the love with somebody else and I, I just thought of YouTube right so that's the main reason why I started the channel because I needed an outlet to talk to people about that now when I was looking at YouTube and started getting into YouTube, uh, I don't know if anybody out there knows like Ryan Ryan from Ryan's Toy Reviews, he's like eight years old or something. He has millions upon millions of subscribers and views. So I thought to myself, you know what? If a kid playing with toys gets that many views and is generating that much money, that's kind of cool. Maybe I could do the same thing. And again, it wasn't about the money for me, it was more about just an outlet. And I was thinking that maybe I could blow up my channel. However, i did do my research before uh doing so and i saw okay who's the top dog in the in the youtube uh, world as far as this whole watch game is related okay tgb well how many viewers does he have how many subscribers and i saw it and i was uh, to be honest with you a little disappointed because i was like. Four hundred thousand, and this kid has twenty million. Like, this just doesn't make any sense because this guy is spending so much time editing, doing research. I mean, he's his channel is. You learn a lot from it. What can you possibly learn about watching somebody playing with toys? You don't learn anything. So, anyways, I started the channel, and yeah, I mean, I, I haven't seen the growth be be crazy, but at the end of the day, since I'm not doing this for money, I'm doing it as an outlet. I've actually had a lot of people have very positive comments and I've actually made friends in the process, such as yourself. And I really, that's what I wanted. So if you want to make friends, definitely start a YouTube channel and just have tough skin though, because you're going to get some people (laughs) with very negative comments. So just just be prepared.
0: I I agree with you there, actually. And the other thing that I, I certainly fell victim to this was where you kind of overanalyze what you're doing, and you also think that you need a lot of decent equipment. And that's what stopped me for a long time. I was like, oh, I haven't got a decent camera. And then one day I just took, you know, a camcorder. You could easily start with with a phone. I think the modern iPhones certainly are more than well equipped. I think the real key is lighting and just just know that your first couple of videos, I mean, mine were, I'll leave them up because it's a good gauge on, for me, on the my kind of quality as it improves over time. But I'd say don't worry too much about getting it absolutely perfect the first time. Just just start, I think the key is just to start with whatever you've got to hand, you know, reviewing your own watches. Some of my reviews that do the best, in fact, one of mine that's, I think maybe the second most popular one is a Casio watch, a Pro Trek watch I bought for $40, and in ad revenue I've probably made maybe 6 times that off that video um over the course of its life. So I wouldn't worry about thinking, oh, I've got to get a Rolex for review or, or whatever or I've got to get the best cameras. Is that kind of what you what you found as well? Yeah, and to be honest with you, Sam,
1: and I think you know this. I still film my phones with an iPhone six, and the reason why I haven't invested in equipment uh, or or lighting or anything is for the same reason. But to be honest with you, this is a, a hobby for me, and if I get to a thousand subscribers, which is, that's the goal, really, that, uh, then I could maybe look into investing more into the channel. Uh, but as of right now, I mean, investing, having a family and a toddler investing my time that's already an asset that is being allocated towards the channel so for me to go out there and spend four or five hundred dollars on lighting and this and that uh i think it really comes down to you the person your personality and maybe the content that you're putting out of course people don't want to bring you video uh so if you can film your videos in the day. perhaps outside where it's like nice and bright and always film uh, your video's landscape, not portrait. Uh, That's definitely helpful. The only thing that I do have is this nice little microphone called by a company called Rode. And that actually did make a big difference. And that was given to me, but you can find them used on eBay. So that's the only thing I would say. And a tripod, of course, I already had a tripod. So a tripod is a must, a microphone is a must, good lighting and just something to record. Just get your feet wet and uh, just kind of go for it, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And I'd say the biggest top tip of all, if you're using your phone, that's a great one about filming outside. I often splice in footage that I have filmed on a phone into my normal reviews, because frankly, the, the new iPhones uh, and things like that, they're they're absolutely phenomenal. But a top tip when using your phone, always keep it in landscape. Don't film anything in portrait because it looks awful when you upload it. Also, it looks, um, you know, very amateur, but as well, a tripod, even a cheap one, just it's amazing how much more professional the video will look when the camera's still. I've gone through probably three or four different types of lighting on mine. I've got to a good place now where I bought some LED lights, which they sound expensive, but they weren't really. I, I try and knock things off, things that are irritating me about what I'm doing, I try and tackle them one at a time so a big one for me is when I'm filming my intros or when I'm doing my video interviews I sit in my living room and it's it's a modern apartment so it's a bit of a box and the echo is is quite frustrating so I've just bought some moving blankets I've got some friends coming round so we're going to do some tests so that's the I keep ticking these things off the first was lighting and then camera quality and then getting the close ups and things like that so over the four years I've made little Improvements that made a big difference. What was the first watch that you reviewed?
1: Yeah, so it's funny. um The first watch that I kind of talked about in my channel was an Omega Speedmaster Reduce. I uh, I've been a collector for a while, you know, probably th- going on three years, and uh, that was my first big purchase. So I I flipped some things, and, and I was super excited about that. And that's kind of about the time that I really got heavily into. YouTube just watching everybody on YouTube and I was like you know what I just had so much to say I was like I wish I could talk in the comments or I can make my comments longer so that's kind of how I started with the Omega Speedmaster redo so that was kind of the first appearance right there
0: I think my first one I think was an Orient watch that I'd bought for it was probably less than a hundred dollars and then I started reviewing my own collection I found a lot of inspiration from other YouTubers. I started watching the Urban Gentry and then Federico Talks Watches was inspiration for me. What channels did you find like were inspirational to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So honestly, what got me, I guess we could kind of backtrack again. I, I've loved watches for a long time, right? Ever since I was a little kid. In fact, I do have two Casio uh, d- data banks, uh dating from the early 90s actually one of them is in 89 one of them's in early 90s and they're original to me I actually bought them when I was a little kid so I've always loved having something on my wrist and for many years you know I'm in my 30s now so for many years I I liked watches but it was more of an aesthetic for me so of course I went through the face of the Big Invicta and the Armani watch and the fossils and the guest watches so I had them on my collection so it wasn't until three years ago that uh I was just sitting on the couch with my wife and uh i uh I was like, you know what, I would love to get a new watch, so I was looking around on Amazon, I was like, oh, well, that looks kind of cool uh I wonder if anybody has talked about this watch on YouTube. I didn't even know, right so I was kind of brand new to YouTube as well. I've seen YouTube before, but never never in this magnitude or never looking for a watch. so I looked it up, and of course, the first thing that came up was tgv so that's kind of what did it for me TGV's huge and um and then Federico and and some other people but uh yeah what I want to say to kind of a, a side note is you start listening to these people but then you start hearing stories about different people so you get sidetracked with the personal stuff right like how they are in real life or whatever but I would like to keep it if if somebody's not a good person in real life but has great content then i care more about the content i don't care about that personal story because at the end of the day he or she is not my friend or my family member i just care about the content they're they're producing you know so but that's what did it for me and now of course you got the teddy ball that starts the world and time teller and you just got who dinky of course it's always been a big one for me uh they do a really good job uh, covering different things so
0: if we're thinking of getting started on youtube how easy did you find it i was surprised at how easy it was some bits were horrendously complicated which i'll talk about in a bit for other people who might be thinking about it did you find it quite easy as well
1: Extremely easy. To be honest with you, I have a 10 year old nephew and he actually made a cameo on two of my videos and he has a little YouTube channel of like gaming or something and he was able to do it from his phone. So yeah, no, YouTube has a really nice uh, app where you could just set things up super easily. Now, of course, I don't know anything about uh, the monetary side of it because I haven't gotten to a thousand subscribers. So as far as just setting up the account and just talking about whatever you want to talk about, it's easy.
0: The monetization part was probably the most difficult part. Essentially, what you need to do is link them to what's called a Google AdSense account. Uh, You put all your details in there and then you link it with your YouTube channel. But it's not that easy. And I thought that I'd link the two because what you get is you still see, I don't know if you see this on yours, but you still see a, a monetary estimate. So you still see like a dollar amount and it might say like two cents or three cents. So it looks like you're earning money off the videos when, in fact, you're not until you link the two accounts. That was probably the trickiest thing for me. And the other tricky thing around the monetization is the AdSense website is not that easy to navigate when you're first setting it up. So I'd say that was something that if if you do get to... YouTube used to have a policy where anyone could... A, a get a, an, a monetization they could monetize their video so i got in before there was the remit of having to have a thousand subscribers not only have you got a thousand subscribers but you've got an active uh, viewer base as well so I, I would say that was the that was the trickiest thing uh, was the adsense stuff when i when i set it up Yeah. And with the new
1: policies, that's kind of what's killing me as well, because like I said, I'm only at 174 subscribers and I don't know how many minutes I have. But uh, yeah, that's pretty frustrating, I guess. At the end of the day, I mean, I I said that I don't care about the money, but it would be nice to get uh, monetized. And the reason I say that is because I am married and this whole YouTube thing, I don't know anybody starting a YouTube channel out there, I'm sure have family or maybe you don't have uh you're not married you have family like your parents depending on how old you are but uh, one of the main things for me is that really that you spend so much time doing a video not just necessarily just doing the video but doing the editing doing the research uh trying to come up with ideas and at the end of the day you're not really getting anything for it so that could definitely create a conflict with your significant other let's put it that way because it's like you're spending all this time doing this what are you getting out of it what i'm trying to say is whoever's listening to this you're getting uh, perspectives from somebody that has over seven thousand subscribers and you're getting a perspective from somebody that has less than 200 subscribers so don't get discouraged keep doing what you're doing just think of it as a passion and you're going to be able to thrive
0: the key thing is just to get started and then just keep consistently making content. But you're totally right. It, it, it takes a long time to edit them. I started off using iMovie originally. You can actually even use iMovie on the iPhone. I know some people that do that. And then I sort of progressed to Final Cut. And it does take a long time. The other thing that I always struggle with, and I know other people struggle with this, is what you think is going to be well-received or what you think is going to get a large number of views, a topic, sometimes they don't. Uh, so, for example, I did a, a video on a Paul Newman Rolex Daytona. I managed to get hold of one, which was a big thanks to Bob's Watches, who as who a reseller of, of, uh, used uh, pre-owned Rolexes. They actually opened the vault and got this watch out for me. And I filmed it. It was the most nervous review I've ever done because this watch was, this watch was over two hundred thousand dollars value, and I filmed it. I tried to do the best job that I can. I uploaded the video, and I don't think this was probably, maybe three or four months ago. I bet you that video hasn't even done a thousand views. Yeah, I did one on my um, Speedmaster serviced, quality the same and everything, and that's done great guns. So it's interesting um i'm sure you've you've spent a long time on a video you know it's a subject that people do like or that are interested in, but they don't seem to be- they don't seem to perform as well as as well as you might think they do
1: yeah i know my one of the videos that I thought was gonna do very well for me was my review on the seiko sarb zero thirty three and thirty five uh, Spent a lot of time on that, and right, now, and it is about a month ago. I only have four hundred and twenty-one views on that, so that really surprised me because I thought that was gonna do very well for me, and unfortunately, it didn't. So yeah, no, you're you're right. Things that uh there's things that definitely take you by surprise, and I don't know. I, I guess eventually, maybe they'll somebody will find them and they'll just get some traction. So, but again, just. Every video that you put out there should be your baby. Take pride in it, and uh, and just put it out there. You know, eventually, if it doesn't do well, at least you can look back on it. And and that's, I guess, that's something that I was looking at. And and it's funny, I, I have so many ideas, and I wanna, I like looking at my watches. I like pictures of my watches. So by putting these videos up on on YouTube. I think to myself, you know what, if they're up there for years, maybe in the future, I may not have time to do this or my son is going to get older. So it's really cool for me just as a memory thinking, hey, I could go back and watch my old videos and just kind of reminisce on that watch. Maybe I sold it or tell my son, hey, that's what I was into. That's, That's your watch that I'm giving you now. Look at it. I made a review on it. People commented on that. So I'm looking at this more from the emotional side.
0: Long time ago, when I first started, I came to the realization that some of the watches I was reviewing, it was almost like information time capsule. I looked at it as a, I'm going to review this watch, I'm going to detail it for future people that might find it. I did a whole video on these Timex Datalink watches, which were used, they were actually used by NASA. They're one of maybe 10 or less watches that were not authorized by NASA and nobody ever searches for it because actually nobody really Yeah, they don't they don't know about it. That it's but I, I was like, I know this isn't gonna get a load of views, but I'm gonna try and work my absolute hardest on this one so that I'm leaving it for maybe somebody who's researching watches in the future. Maybe they come across it and they're like, wow, I've never heard of that Timex data link before. Let me search on on YouTube. So a lot of them I think that helps it helps to think about it like that because a lot of the watches that we are i mean we're both we both work in sales and sales is all about the compelling event what what event what compelling event does the customer have to buy the product or buy the service whereas on a watch channel it's hard to build that compelling event there's unless there's some groundbreaking news that comes out like maybe you know amiga's new movement or something like that. There's very few things that are so immediate that people are searching for it right there and then, really. Um, you know, maybe if a new watch comes out, but
1: yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's funny you mentioned that because I was just thinking about that when I was uh, thinking back. Uh, my videos when I first started, one of the big videos for me was on that Hootenky release with uh with the Alpin. Is that limited edition? um yeah it was five months ago so i'm looking at it right now it was five months ago and i I jumped on that right away right because everybody was like what are my feelings on this seiko alpinist and and the the who release so i i did a, a video it was a two minute video and it wasn't it was just audio and it was terrible but that alone that video alone got me almost 400 views and it was funny because i only had like 20 subscribers at the time or probably less but you're right I jumped on something that was hot. So that's that's a recommendation too. If you see something like this new Omega that just came out, the limited edition, right? The platinum, jump on that. Maybe talk about it. Hey, well, what is it that you like about it? What is it that you don't? Because it's a hot topic and people are searching for it. So if you want to be like the TMZ of the watch world, you could definitely do that, you know, but it takes a lot of work and you got to jump on things real quick.
0: And I think the other thing that helps when you're thinking about view numbers and subscriber count is that i've had a lot of subscribers i'm sure you have as well that have been with me right from the start like sean who's become a friend and and jeffrey and the other people know who they are like steve a few people that have been there right right from the start and they still watch today i always think well I could just make content just because they like watching it like yourself who who watches almost every single one of my uploads you think well i'm kind of cool with just those people are watching it and they're enjoying it then don't get too hung up on the the subscribe account because you, you made an interesting point before about tgv who is the biggest person in this uh, market, although I'm not sure if Watchfinder probably hot on his heels, but yeah, 400,000 subscribers sounds like a lot, but if you were a beauty blogger, if you were reviewing makeup, that's a failure, that, that's a dead channel in, in, in that um, market, or, or like you say, like the toy reviews or the unboxing technology. I mean, 400,000, it's next to nothing, whereas for us, that's because uh, we're so niche, I mean 000 is just would just be an awesome amount of subscribers to get.
1: No, I, I agree. And by the way, TGV and uh and Watchfinder have the exact same number of subscribers, which is shocking to me because Watchfinder is one of those really, really good channels that I that I see out there. If you want to see some incredible macro shots and a really cool history of every single one of those watches, go go look at that channel because that's that's inspiration right there. Um, and, and that's another thing that I that I kinda wanna bring up too. Uh, I know my videos kinda made a difference when I got a little macro lens. And let me tell you a secret, guys. Uh, the macro lens that I got is off of eBay, kid you not. It's a little thing you put on your phone, but it actually works, and it was pretty clear. I was able to film some movements of my Bulova Accutron. I just put a video out, and it actually came out really nice. And I was very surprised, and like I said, not a lot of money invested in that and and that's how i was gonna bring it up but yeah this watch thing is very niche so do it more because you love it and i agree with you you do have a number of people that are subscribed to your channel because they genuinely are interested in everything you have to say and they become like friends they become like family and in fact i I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, somebody that i follow and he follows me back from just to watch his name is dave uh he used to be based in orange county he now lives in japan with his family and he made a video not too long ago uh basically highlighting four undiscovered watch channels and in that list I was one of them. And thanks to that, I got over hundred subscribers the same day. So it's just one of those things that this watch community is so beautiful that everybody, I feel like everybody has each other's backs because we're in this hobby together. And people from the outside may look at us weird and be like, why are you so obsessed with a watch? Something that tells time. And and they just don't understand, you know. And sometimes I don't even know how to explain it or or even know why I like this hobby. But yeah the the watch family is is so important to me it's become part of my daily life so
0: the my most favorite uploads that I've done is where I've collaborated with people or interviewed people I've I've managed to interview and collaborate with some some great people you know my favorites like the uncle uncle Seiko that makes those aftermarket Seiko straps that was a real really interesting interview to do and it was one where I thought was going to go one way, and it went totally the other. We started off talking about the straps, but then we really captured his why he started, and about his his family and and all of that type of stuff. And it was it was incredible to to capture that. I felt very honoured to do that. And then other people that I've that I've interviewed, you know, micro brands and things like that, really getting to understand like what are their motivations. And I think this leads to an interesting point at talking about micro brands is. I think for I know certainly on the forums there's this view that watch YouTubers are are pushing brands that they get sent or that purposes aren't always genuine or oh you just got sent that watch that's why you're giving it a positive review and this is something I struggle with because thankfully uh, or luckily my channels of the size where people do send me watches my view on it is is twofold I think once you hit a thousand subscribers that's a real um asset to a watch company because if you think about it i remember the days where email marketing was a thing and that's almost a dead a dead thing now hardly anybody does email marketing because the actual roi on it is so low i mean you're talking if you get like a 7% open rate on a email marketing campaign that's a success whereas for a watch company a strap maker they know that the content that we create in we're only speaking to watch collectors we're only speaking to enthusiasts we're their funnel we're the, the end of their funnel we've already got the the audience that love watches and, and so on so I, I think it's it's a risky for them because we could we could hate the watches and I know certainly just one more watch who does fantastic reviews he'll he'll basically review anything that gets sent to him but he will give like an honest feedback and some watches I think some micro brands certainly one that I got contacted by I mean he really give that gave them a a, you know a very lackluster review and I've never seen that one come to market and I'm not saying that that's the reason why but my philosophy on it is is that I never have taken ever taken money for a review nobody's ever paid me for a review I don't ask for money if they send me a watch and Spinnaker are quite good actually they they do send a lot of watches out. They do make a quality watch, and I, I've spoke to before I re- agreed to do the Spinnaker review. I spoke to the CEO of the company and just said, you know, what's your vision? But I mean, as a watch collector, it's just cool being sent a watch. But I'm quite selective about what I will review. I need to feel like that there's something that I can add to it. So I know sometimes people say, well, you're always giving positive reviews of watches, but in fact. The watches that I do review are, are a subset of ones that I do get offered because you you will get a lot of people, um you know, Chinese companies, a lot of these fashion watches will reach out to you. So I think you've got to be, just be careful and make sure that you've got a vision for the channel. So my vision for my channel is very much like tool watch focused. I don't do a lot of fashion watches. And I try and do a mix of... um. You know, expensive versus uh, affordable watches, just to give that broad spectrum, and and watches that I'm interested in. Um, So it's it's kind of one of these things. I know that when I'm doing one of these reviews, I've got to be respectful of the fact that if I've been sent the watch, then you know people are going to automatically assume that that's why I'm giving a positive review. But and I don't know. I mean, I every one of my videos has a disclaimer if I've been sent a watch, and in fact. A lot of those watches are given back to viewers. I except for current watches that I have for info review that I've not yet filmed a review for, I don't have any watch that I've been sent and kept. I've either given it away in a competition, I did an end-of-the-year competition, or I've given it to uh, watch, you know, people at work that are into watches. A couple I sold because I needed to buy those LED lights. So I sold two of the Spinnaker watches, but other than that They've mostly been given away, certainly the straps and things like that have, have been given away to, to viewers. So uh, I don't I don't sort of keep them to hoard them or anything like that, but it, it it is definitely something that I'm aware of. On one hand, it's so cool being sent a watch for review, but then you also have to be respectful that people might assume. And I think that this is one of the things that does plague the watch review community is there is a chronic lack of people not disclosing whether they've been paid for a review. This is a conversation I'd had with Federico from Federico Talks Watches, who he, you know, he discloses it. In fact, he very rarely does a review that is is not one of his own own pieces. In fact, he doesn't generally review watches. He's more of like a commentary on the the watch industry ch- channel, which I love. But I think that is a that is something that I think is going to ultimately really damage the watch review community is this almost lack of transparency. I don't know, what do you feel about that?
1: I agree, 100%. As influencers, we have a huge impact. Um, And and not just in in watches, but in general, I mean, big companies are investing a ton of money on social media people. Because the influence, it's a peer-to-peer thing. Uh, So I agree with you, if you're not transparent about what you're receiving, whether it's, uh, it's goods or getting paid for the review, then it's very unfair to the people because it i don't know i'm just speaking for myself earning money is not easy money doesn't grow on trees and we work very hard for our money so to have a little bit of disposable income to spend on a watch i want to buy something of value that's gonna that's gonna be good so if these people are reviewing like you said maybe a chinese brand because they, they got paid by them, and these people say, oh, this is the greatest watch ever, and it's comparable to a Seiko or comparable to whatever, and people believe you because they trust you. You you build, whether you like it or not, when they see you time and time again, and uh, depending on how many videos you put out, they they become part of your family, really. So if your brother, if your uncle, if your dad is telling you something's good, you don't question it. So the same thing goes for watch reviewers, you know, somebody like TGV, right? I mean, huge number of followers. So if he says that this watch is good, all those people are going to think, yep, that's that's a great watch. He does have some good watches out there that he recommended, right? Like me, and I fell victim to this, um, Seiko SKX. So when I, when I got it back, like really into the hobby, Seiko SKX is the thing I kept hearing and it was from him. So I bought it. Another one was the Seiko SNA 411, which is a flight master, the flighty, as he calls it. I fell in love with that. And as a matter of fact, I still own it because that really is a good watch. But then I used to see all these other brands or whatever. I was like, well, I never heard of that. And he spoke highly of them. But then I see other people's reviews or I see things online and people bash on them. And then I, I you know, you could kind of read through the lines. But no, I, I agree with you. People should be fully transparent about Receiving free goods or getting paid by the company, because that way you know if they're speaking good about that watch and it's all positive, then you know why. You know.
0: <laughs> and I'm no hero at this. I could get better. I only review watches I really like, but I do realize that you know the watch is a even a two hundred dollar watch is that's you know a hundred and ninety dollars more than you really need to spend on a watch. You could buy a, a Casio would last you were probably a lifetime i think i don't know why watch youtubers are scared of it because these watch brands do have brand ambass- ambassadors nobody sort of looks at george clooney and's like oh he's really shilling uh, he's shilling omega people see it as kind of aspirational <laughs> There's been a couple of brands, though, that I've reviewed that I've really believed in that I've helped, that I know that I've helped them, which is a good feeling. Man Cave Leather on Etsy is, I think he makes some of the best leather straps that I've ever seen, and he doesn't pay me for reviews. I've reviewed them uh, quite a few times, and I'm hopefully that I've helped his business, because I genuinely believe in what he's doing. I think he makes some awesome straps. That's the flip side of it, where you can bring exposure to people that are doing very good work that might otherwise not get the exposure or not have the advertising budget. If I believe in the brand, then I'm I'm happy to do a reviewer. I don't do a review of of brands that I don't believe in, no matter what. You know, sometimes you do get offered money for it and you're just like, no, I'm not. Even though the money would be good, I've only got a second to lose somebody's trust if they think that I'm not genuine about what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, I agree 100%, just partnerships and and also another thing that I think is very important for everybody listening, if you're going to start a YouTube watch channel, you need to jump on different platforms as well. I know Instagram has been pretty big for me. And it's funny, if you look at my Instagram account, I got almost 400 followers, which is respectable as opposed to the number of subscribers I have on YouTube. And I'm a lot more active on Instagram because it's a lot easier. And every time I do a new video or, for instance, this this podcast, I'm going to promote it there and it's super easy and and people actually do support. Uh, and I get feedback, I get DMs from people saying, hey, great, great job, or, or that was very cool and stuff like that. So anyways, just know that you, for when you start your channel, you need to self-promote. I mean, it sounds funny, but yeah, you definitely need to self-promote on different platforms.
0: Do you use Instagram. Uh, that's a good point. And I know I watched a lot of YouTube videos when I first started about, oh, how to build your audience. And it it always seemed funny to me that it was like, well, you get more viewers by making more higher quality content. But then I'm thinking, well, that doesn't make sense because if, how do they, how are they watching it and knowing it's not good quality if they're not viewing it? Like, you know, I always find that those, those sorts of help, self help people on YouTube are quite, quite interesting. So we've, um, obviously this has been a, a, an extended episode here, but I think it's a very interesting subject and hope you guys found it interesting. I think the last topic here that we should definitely talk about is uh, commenters. So overwhelmingly, I know overwhelmingly on your channel and, and thankfully overwhelming on mine, a lot of the comments that are put on my channel are positive, but you do get people who leave awful comments. People say some awful, awful things and Sometimes you can kind of counter that. I sometimes the comments that I find frustrating is when I'm pronouncing names of watches or facts about watches I'm getting the names not perfect like whether it's my British accent or or what on some of the French names I can spend like a day, 8 or 9 hours editing a video like Amiga's one that I always that people just hate the way I pronounce it. And I'll spend and then somebody'll leave like a downvote and say, "Oh, you pronounced Amiga wrong." And I'm like, "Come on. Can you not just give me a little break here? I spent 8 hours Viewing a video, have you had many of the sort of the trolling type comments? How do you handle them in a sort of a conventional? Absolutely, idea? one
1: one of the first big negative comments that I got was actually on your on our uh, collaboration with that Omega watch, with that reduce I don't know if you remember this. Some guy kept saying that I, I used to word, I used the word in the beginning of my sentence. I I said so. Uh, and he was like, "Oh, this guy uses the word so so much." And, anyways, I I got upset, and that was in the beginning of me doing YouTube. And I kind of said, "All right, well, if you're such a English expert. I'll take English classes from you." And then his reply was basically, "Oh no, you don't. I don't speak English that well." Well, then why are you, you know, making fun of me? Like, come on. But yeah, I've I've gotten some, not negative feedback on my channel, but more people correcting me, and I appreciate that. I got like a luxury look measurement incorrect on one of the watches and the guy said hey fyi it's not that is this and i appreciated it and i was like you know what thank you so much i completely missed that but yeah you're definitely gonna get some some trolls and you just gotta you gotta think about it this way you're actually out there creating something and doing something with your life these people are taking time out of their schedule out of their life to watch you so and and then doing angry comments so if anything who's the bigger loser the guy that's watching you and getting angry because he said something wrong or you that you're genuinely trying to grow in life and trying to be successful and trying to make just put your mark out in the world. So just, just don't get discouraged. People are going to be negative everywhere, not just on YouTube, in real life as well. The only difference is on YouTube, they're hiding behind their little screens and they're not in front of you. They don't have the courage to see you eye to eye and say, hey, you suck or hey, you did this wrong. So don't get discouraged. It happens to all of us. You do have to have thick skin though. So just be aware of that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I welcome the comments that correct me about things that I've got wrong. In fact, on a few of my videos, I I pin those comments to the the top so that they're always the first comment. Because certainly, I mean, when I did my Amiga servicing video, I got two things blaringly wrong uh, that I thought about my watch that I, I didn't even bother to research because I'm like, oh, I know this is about my watch. And I, I got them too blatantly got two things uh, wrong. I, I don't mind those. It's like you say, it's the people that are just genuinely nasty or the way they phrase things as well. Uh, I'll, I reply back to every single comment, which is thousands of comments over the, over the four years. And I found that if I kind of diffuse the situation or answer them as if they've asked a genuine question. If they do reply, then they usually are kind of like, oh, sorry, I I didn't mean to sound funny there. And I'm like, you know, I agree with you. I did get that wrong or whatever. So yeah, you've just got to have a thick skin. And, And don't worry about it too much because a boss of mine once told me that even if you really upset somebody, they only really think about you for a few minutes until like they go back to thinking about themselves it's like a human trait where we we think about ourselves more than we do other people sometimes so don't worry too much that people are stewing over things or this has been this has been awesome i think this has been a really good uh, conversation and hopefully everyone listening has been uh, has found it interesting as well did you have any kind of final comments miguel or...
1: the only thing i do have to say and i completely i don't know how you and i missed it is amazon and other affiliate programs out there actually i've made some money from my affiliate program only like five dollars but yeah i sold two watches two timex watches which was awesome uh so that actually works so if you, you can't make money off of youtube because of the adsense, google adsense, you could definitely make money some other ways as long as you're transparent again in your description and say hey if you buy a, a watch or a strap or anything from this affiliate link i the, the channel gets gets money and you help the channel it, it's an awesome avenue as well or i've actually had people uh on on instagram they uh they ask me hey where'd you get that strap or hey would you get this and i go to my affiliate program i look it up i copy the link and say hey here you go this is where i bought it and if you do buy it you help me out so that's another avenue of making money and i i i'm sorry for not that bringing that earlier but that's that's definitely yeah
0: yeah i can't believe i missed that i have amazon (laughs) affiliates and that isn't that isn't bound necessarily by how many subs you get the more subs i think when you get to about five thousand, they give you your own store so i actually have my own amazon affiliate store but the good thing about that and putting those links in there is you can kind of curate a collection but then they're just going on normal amazon doesn't cost it doesn't cost anyone any more and then they can see the other reviews that people have actually left cuz amazon's awesome at giving product reviews so you can sort of say hey this is where i got the strap from this is my view on it but you know read the other reviews i think that is one of the very awesome things about amazon and yeah sorry i neglected to uh, think of that as well but i would definitely start that and also a top tip on that is put your filming equipment on there as well because there are people that are interested in what equipment you've got i mean i remember buying a microphone um when i was watching the bark and jack channel because i was like wow his, his audio is really good and then he'd actually put in his description what all uh, equipment he used so have a look on his channel have a look on my my channel the equipment that i use it's all in there that's a that's a great tip actually uh, miguel good well done for remembering that one
1: <laughs> i know how can we miss that it's like we're talking about money and getting monetized that's that's a big one and also i know a big one if you're if you're starting a a watch channel a big one that i know i learned from sam is partner up with your local jeweler with a pawn shop with a somebody that sells watches because if you're going to review watches you're going to need watches so if you go through your whole collection and you only have a few watches well then what are you going to talk about i mean you could if you're going to review watches you're going to need watches if you're going to talk about topics and you don't necessarily need watches i know uh like teddy Baldesar, he has some watches like in the metal to review but a lot of his uh watch reviews are lists you know top this top that the best divers the best elegant watches and he doesn't necessarily have the watch in front of him he just has a bunch of pictures so you could do this many ways and i'm sure there's other ways that are very creative that none of us have even thought about so if you're uh, you're an outside of the box thinker I applaud you and I think you should create your own channel and just don't don't follow the norm. Don't don't fall victim to the template that's been created. Be creative and do something different.
0: One of my biggest sort of accelerators for the channel was was I, I partnered with a with a jeweler local to me and then it took me a long time to get in with the guys at, at Bob's watches, but now they've opened their doors to me. They realize that, you know, I'm not there to try and sell them anything. I'm genuinely a watch aficionado and they i mean i mention them in every video that i do for that i review on their watches but they don't ask me to i'm not you know they don't pay me for anything that's been a real a real gift that the guys at bob's watches because i've had access to just some spectacular uh watches so that that is a that is a good tip or if you've got like family members who are watch collectors or just try and work your work your connections and see whether there is a, a jeweler or somebody that, that will let you review. Thank you so much for listening. This has been an extended episode of Casual Watch Talk, but I think we've covered a lot of ground here. It's certainly an interesting subject. If you've got any questions for me, you can contact me at thecasualwatchreviewer at gmail.com. And of course, uh, Miguel, we better point everyone to your channel as well because you have got some fascinating contact, content on there. So do you want to give everyone the, the details?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So you could uh, find me on YouTube. My channel name is SoCal Watch Reviews. And yeah, SoCal is in Southern California. That's where I'm based. And on Instagram at SoCal Watch Reviews. So yeah, definitely follow me on my Instagram. I do more kind of glamorous shots. I, I do some shots of my watches the more affordable kind but i also like doing the luxury stuff so the longas the pateks, the ap the unobtainable pieces for me that i just when i look at those pictures i just drool and i, I figured if i feel that way maybe other people feel that way so my instagram is a little different than my youtube but at the end of the day it's all watches and it's all love as always
0: guys thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye